Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and Beaches Vacation.com. Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. Happy to be here with you this Monday evening. Uh, 833-4-VALDEZ is the phone number, 833-482-5337. If you want to join our late-night national town hall conversation, I welcome you to do that. And let's see, where do we start here? We've got uh, a bunch of Hunter Biden stuff. Finally, Kevin McCarthy... Um, I have a lot of respect for, by the way, Kevin McCarthy says that he will be uh, entertaining the idea of impeachment if the allegations from the whistleblowers are true. He was making the rounds on the Sunday programs, and here's what he had to say. Yesterday, I laid out very, very clearly by July 6th, because of the allegations from the IRS, because of the whistleblowers and the DOJ, our, our Garland, what he is saying and what David Weiss are saying privately are two different things. Right. And if it comes true what the IRS whistleblower is saying, we're going to start impeachment inquiries on the attorney general. Well, it, because, as a matter of fact, it shows that. Well, thank God somebody's paying attention. And, you know, there's new emails now that contradict what Garland was saying about Hunter Biden and the whole uh, investigation as uh, McCarthy's ratcheting up his um, talk about impeachment. And again, listen, this is the way to do it, right? Uh, I've always believed the way to do things right in in a position like that, speaker, and you know, whatever. You, you want to have credibility and you want to not look vindictive, right? So part of the way you do that as a Republican is you have to have a couple of uh, a couple of public squabbles with Trump so that you can always say, no, I've broken tradition with Trump plenty of times. I'm fair. I'm balanced. I'm not I'm not part of the cult. I, I agree with him on good policy. And when when it comes to whatever, I think that's silly and I'm going to call him out on it. And then you look like you're some sort of maverick hero. Right. So you make sure you have a couple of those on the record. And McCarthy has those. Right. Then you move forward. And they say, what do you think about impeaching Joe Biden? You quickly knee jerk reaction as fast, lightning quick. You go, absolutely not. That's not something we're thinking about right now. And then you get labeled a rhino and they say, oh, but everybody in the middle, the people that that don't watch uh, CNN or Newsmax or Fox News or MSNBC, those people that just listen to like, you know, the mainstream networks news, they, um, they go, oh, okay, well, that sounds fair. At least they're not being vindictive. They're not just, you know, trying to slow things down and play politics with everything. 
You know, and then you keep going and you, and you keep saying things like, well, no, 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 no. You know, we'll go where the facts find and blah, blah, blah. Right? There's a, there's a game that's played here. And then voila, you get to this point where you say, well, now, look, <laughs> uh, what can I do? I don't want to impeach Joe Biden, but guess what? If you've got a witness, a whistleblower, blowing the whistle on a scandal that's right in front of us, I have no choice but to do what's right for the American people. I took an oath to this office, and I've got to uphold it. And now you come in like a hero. And, and that's what experienced politicians do. And that's why I don't beat McCarthy up. A lot of people are like, oh, why isn't? Because not everybody is a talk show radio host, right? And, and it's interesting because I think people would love, uh, this is why so many people love Trump. Because what, exactly what he would say if he were a radio host is exactly what he says as president. And he throws out the rule book on, on, on what's the word I'm looking for? Not protocol, but we'll go with protocol, you know, and the status quo that there is in Washington. And that's fine. You know, we want the bull in the China shop. But my point here is McCarthy will gain more, more um, momentum and he'll, he'll gain more support from those that may be outliers because of the approach that he's taking. And this is likely, <clears throat> um, listen, it's my hope that he will go ahead and he's like, look, we're not going to impeach A.G. Garland. All right, well, look, if we have to impeach A.G. Garland, we will. And then once that happens, look, hey, after impeaching Garland, we found out this that the fish rots from the head. And as much as I'd hate to be the guy that does it, you know, I mean, I'll leave that for Pelosi to be the one that likes to frivolously impeach presidents. I take this seriously, but I have no choice but to move forward in impeachment on Biden. I mean, it's just my hands are tied. Look at where the facts brought us. So good on McCarthy for getting uh, there. But this new email uh, that's come out. Uh, basically um, is a contradiction to what's going on. Listen to this report, uh, Epic Times. U.S. Attorney David Weiss recently brought several tax charges against Hunter Biden um, with, you know, him admitting his guilt on those charges. However, the IRS whistleblower, that's Gary Shapley, he's alleging in his testimony uh, to Congress that what, uh, excuse me, what U.S. Attorney Weiss told White House officials and other DOJ officials um, during a meeting in 2022 that he wasn't the person deciding whether charges would be filed and that requests for the charges be brought in Washington had been rejected. The allegations were made public on the 22nd of June. Garland, who appointed Weiss, told reporters afterwards that the allegations weren't true. Weiss was permitted to make a decision to prosecute any way in which he wanted in any district that he wanted to, according to Merrick Garland. He was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own. But an email shows that Shapley's testimony was corroborated by IRS official uh, Daryl Walden. Walden, who was in the 2022 meeting as well, in his email, he responds to a summary of the meeting by Shapley. Shapley wrote that Weiss said he wasn't the ultimate authority on charging decisions. That Weiss said, his request for charges uh, to be brought in uh, Washington was rejected and that Weiss said his request to be appointed special counsel was also denied by the Department of Justice leadership. So Walden wrote, you covered it all. And that was uh, where they made the referral to the Treasury Inspector General for tax administration. So Garland told Congress in April that Weiss was in charge of the Hunter Biden investigation, that there will not be any interference of any political or improper kind. So Garland now 
more recently said that Weiss never asked him to 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 be made special counsel. Where Garland is uh, on the record saying that, and the other guy is on the record saying it in that email. Either Merrick Garland was not informed and didn't know what the people under him were doing, or he knew about it and lied to Congress. That's a, a frequent guest from this program, Hans von Spakowski, senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. And uh, that's a very interesting place to be. So we're going to continue the conversation of what's going on with Hunter Biden and all of these uh, shenanigans. I mean, it, it, it's tough to keep up, but I think we're, we're making strides. I'm waiting for criminal um, activity and, and allegations to, to be charges to be brought, because right now everything seems political. We're talking about indictments and oversight committee and all that stuff that leads nowhere. It's like, you know, Benghazi 2.0. But when we start talking about these guys actually breaking laws, now we're talking. And with this guy recommending a special counsel, that means he wanted to bring charges. So this is starting to get juicy and we should see more charges, in my opinion. Anyway, we're also going to check in with um, former gubernatorial candidate from Arizona, Carrie Lake. She's scheduled to be with us momentarily. Then we're going to have a conversation a little bit later about uh, what El Trumpito Donald Trump, Donaldus Magnus, said over the weekend. Plus, the latest on this Wagner group and Putin. Was it a false flag? Was it not? Was it staged? Was it real? We're going to get to the bottom of that as well. Don't go anywhere. 833-4-VALDEZ. We're just getting started. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Well, thank you, Rich, and thank you for everything. I know you very well, and I have I listen, but I have a lot of people that listen, and they love your show, and I appreciate it very much. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, amigos, welcome back. I am with the great Carrie Lake. You know her from her run for office, and uh, she gave him hell. And they didn't like that. The deep state has a way of doing that. Carrie Lake, welcome. Oh, my gosh. It's so good to be with you. I, I just landed in New York and um, ran up to my room so that I could I could be on the show with you. I'm so honored to be on the show with you. Well, thank you, Carrie Lake. We appreciate it. Uh, I'm happy to chat with you. I know there's a lot to chat. I know you're all over the place. I know you're keeping a really busy schedule. And I'm glad you're in New York. Um, bienvenido. Welcome to the Big Apple if you see Eric Adams, don't say hi. Now, <laughs> well, I used to hang out in New York back when Rudy Giuliani was the, now the mayor of New York, and, and it was really great. And um, sorry to say, as you know, it's gone downhill since then. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Now, we, um, there's a, some news of the day I want to get your take on. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to mm-hmm. dig into, but we hear Kevin McCarthy um, now saying, well, you know, if it's true that there is. Um, this actual statement from the whistleblower, uh, the IRS whistleblower, and there really was interference. And what um, Weiss, the um, attorney, U.S. attorney, is saying, and it doesn't seem to match up with what Garland's saying, then we have no choice but to go ahead and uh, do an impeachment inquiry into Merrick Garland. I think this is headway in the right direction because I think McCarthy's that type of um, methodical politician. He's not really like a uh, movement conservative that's more of an activist type. What say you? Well, I mean, Merrick Garland um, has has allowed so much um, criminal activity to happen in our country. I'm I'm from a border state. I I ran for governor in Arizona. 
Uh, I believe we won in Arizona. And I know mm-hmm. what's happening on the border because I covered that border for almost 30 years. And for him to allow what's happening on the border is is criminal. And so I've thought for a long time we should impeach him. Now we're watching, you know, just the complete um, disregard for justice, for law. And, and Merrick Garland seems to be at the head of all of this. I think we should start criminal and proceedings, impeachment proceedings against Merrick Garland, but also against Joe Biden. We already know because of, mm-hmm. of the uh, laptop from hell what Joe Biden and his son and his brother and his sister have been up to. We're getting more and more information each and every day. And, you know, they would they would impeach Trump, Donald Trump, when the winds change direction. Mm-hmm. And now we actually have facts and evidence and we should be impeaching these actual criminals who are in this administration right now. It's a no brainer to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that there should be criminal charges. And that's kind of like my litmus. If if nobody's talking about, um, you know, anything beyond a criminal referral, I don't know that we're really getting much done with these political processes other than getting a couple of headlines. And when it's when it's Democrats that are on the receiving end, you don't even get that many headlines. Now, speaking of headlines uh, and you, you alluded to this, and I think everybody that's listening, I hope everybody that's listening knows who you are. But if they don't, I want to go through a little introduction here uh, because. Um, you, you, you said you covered um, Arizona in in your career, and that was as a news anchor, as a reporter. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you went from being on TV and being really good at it to saying, no, let me give up a great job in broadcasting and, and get into cleaning up a swamp. Well, let me go back a little bit before that. I, I came from a family of nine in Iowa. Rural Iowa is where I was raised. Wow youngest of nine. And and because my dad was a teacher, mom was a nurse, uh, we had to work really hard. We had the Midwestern work ethic, and then you add the big family work ethic on top of that. I graduated from high school at 16 and and paid and worked my way through college. I didn't have a scholarship. I had to work my way through college. And I landed a dream job through hard work and curiosity as a journalist, as a major, um, you know, news anchor and broadcast journalist. And I did that for 27, 30 years, 27 years in Arizona. And during COVID, I I took my nose off the grindstone and looked up and said, what has become of my, of my profession? It used to be where we, we told, you know, the, both sides of the story. If there's three sides, we, we told all three sides and we kept our opinion out. And during COVID, I realized that it had become nothing more than propaganda. And I did not want to lend my reputation, my voice, my heart and soul to that. I I felt it was not just biased, it was immoral. So I I stepped away from a seven figure um, contract, walked away and I put a video out telling the good people of Arizona who had invited me into their homes for that many years, why I was leaving. And they amazingly reached out by the thousands and said, thank you for being such an honest broker in this whole, you know, world that we're in. And would you please consider running for office? And at that, I thought, okay, no, I'm not going to get out of the corrupt world of media and go into the even more corrupt world of politics. But I got to thinking about it, and I I thought, you know, this is what our founding fathers envisioned, real everyday people stepping forward, sacrificing, Mm -hmm. and running for politics. And then getting out, not becoming lifers like Nancy Pelosi, uh, Joe Biden, uh, Mitch McConnell, and, and the rest of them. And so I decided to jump into politics. There was a bit of naivety, I think, on my part, that I thought it would be a, a welcoming space for somebody <laughs> who understood Arizona. I know, I know you laugh, 
Um, but at, right away, the fake news media, which I had just left, started attacking me. These are friends of mine in the media started attacking mm-hmm. me. And we started a movement in Arizona that was so big and powerful that they could not stop us. And they knew and my, my number one platform issue was shutting down the illegal activity at the border, securing Arizona, shutting down the cartels. And they knew I was going to do exactly what I said, which is declare it an invasion on our border and stop this illegal activity. And they had to stop me. And so on Election Day, they intentionally rolled out broken machines. Sixty percent of our polling locations in Republican areas had broken machines that did not work on Election Day in order to steal this victory from us. I ran against a female version of John Fetterman, a female version (laughs) of Joe Biden. She did not campaign. She could not string two words together and make sense. She had no policy, but she was the secretary of state. So she ran the elections Mm -hmm. and they they robbed the people of Arizona of their vote, of their sacred vote. And that's why I'm fighting. I continue to fight. Our court case is still moving through. We're going to appeal it. And um, and I know I'm over the target. You know why? Because just this last week. Uh, the election officials, one of them, sued me for speaking out and calling attention to the criminality and the, um, you know, the just blatant fraud in our election system. They're suing me now personally for calling it out and showcasing what they've been up to. When they don't relent, you know you're doing the right thing. Folks, we're on with Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake ran for governor in Arizona, um, walked away, as she mentioned, from a, a lucrative career in broadcasting. And uh, it's been quite a journey ever since we're going to continue down that road. Now, you, you, you ran, you're fighting. I'm guessing you're, you're tied up in litigation now. What's, what's your next step? Well, I mean, I, I, I put a book out, and the book is coming out tomorrow officially. And um, so I'm going to do a little bit of a book tour. But I, I'm also trying to get the message out to America. There are some places where elections aren't quite as corrupt as they are in Maricopa County. But what I try to tell people as I travel this great country is if you are in a county or a municipality or a state where your elections are a little bit more fair, you still need to care about election reform. And right. here's why. Maricopa County is a massive county. It, it, at 65% of our state's population resides there. And if we have corrupt election officials there uh, corrupting our elections, then You know, and in Fulton County and in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin, we just get a few counties where they are so rigged that it doesn't matter if your county is doing things right because your vote is being watered down or taken away from you by these corrupt counties. And I believe that Mm -hmm. we can never address the issues that matter to us that are so important to saving our country if we don't have fair elections. So I'm, I'm getting the word out on that. And I'm I'm working on um, you know telling people about my book, which is a really great read, I must say. Well, I, I want to talk may. about the book. I want to spend a little time on it, folks. We're with Carrie Lake. We're going to come straight back and discuss the book, Unafraid, Just Getting Started. I know that you're listening. I want you to check this out. Unafraid, Just Getting Started. Don't move a muscle. We're coming right back with Carrie Lake. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. 
Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is America. This is night. This is Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. It's me, Rich Valdez. Our guest, Carrie Lake, former candidate for Arizona governor and the author of the brand new book. Make sure you uh, pre-order, get two copies, one for yourself, one for a friend. Unafraid is the name of the book. Unafraid, just getting started. Carrie Lake, an amazing story. I didn't know that you were from Iowa um, and I thought that's kind of cool. My buddy Matt Whitaker's from Iowa and I think Iowa's cool. And you've got this great career. You leave the career. You set foot in the swamp. You realize how swampy it is. Let's pick up where you left off. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I jump in. When I walked away from my career, you know, walking away from a seven-figure contract is not an easy thing to do. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're the most noble of human beings, there's a part of you that says, am I making the right decision? But I just... Watching what happened during COVID, I realized that the <clears throat> corporate media owned by um, five corporations was more interested in making money and um, leading people into a place where they were fearful, isolated, and divided. And I didn't want to be part of that. I didn't want to lend my name, my, rec- my reputation, my voice to that. So I, I really, I don't want to get too religious on you, but I'd, I'd really found, um, gotten back close to my faith during the, the COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. And I prayed to God that he would just give me a sign that I was making the right decision. I, I was really wrapped up in worrying that I was making a mistake, leaving that money behind. Cause I made a really, you know, large amount of money. <clears throat> and I remember opening, opening the Bible and I was praying to God to give me some guidance. And as I opened the Bible, just on a, you know, just, I flopped the Bible open. I put my finger down and I literally landed on first Timothy chapter six, verse seven, you bring nothing into this world and you take nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what my finger landed on when I was really wrapped up in, am I making now, the at right that moment? Thing? Carrie Lake, did you say, Lord, are you sure? Are you sure it's seven figures, Lord? Or, or were you totally, no, totally no, no. sure? At that moment, honestly, before that moment, I was saying, I know I need to walk away from this field. It's no longer a, a job that is worthy of my my heart and soul. Mm. I feel it's immoral. I'm making the right decision, but I'm wrapped up in this money part. Give me a right. sign if I'm doing the right thing. And I literally, as I'm praying that, I open the Bible. My finger lands on that verse. Can you imagine? On that verse, you bring nothing into this world, you take nothing out. And I mean, it was like the earth shifted be- beneath my feet. And I said, okay, I heard you, Got God, it. loud and clear. 
I'm gone. I'm leaving this. And I walked away. And I didn't think it was such a courageous move. I mean, to me, it was very personal. I just knew I couldn't do it anymore. But when I put yeah. a video out to the people of Arizona, because they'd invited me into their homes for practically 30 years, I didn't want to just disappear on them. And so I put a video out saying, hey, I'm leaving. Journalism is not what it was when I got into this profession. I don't like the direction it's going. I've appreciated you inviting me into your homes. And thank you very much. I'm, I'm going to do something else. And I'll let you know what I end up doing. And I mean, literally thousands. But the next morning, my phone was hot to the touch. Thousands of people were reaching out to me and saying, oh, my gosh, please run for office. We need you to run for office. Interestingly, some of the biggest swamp creatures in Arizona, Jan Brewer, Doug Ducey, Cindy McCain also reached out to me. Oh, what are you going to do this? I think they were automatically thinking politics when it was the furthest thing from my mind. And uh, eventually I finally decided I would jump into it. And it's amazing how the people I covered fairly turned on me, the Doug Ducey's of the world, the Cindy McCain's, the, you know, all of the kind of swampy establishment type creatures turned against me because I was speaking up for the people, much like Donald Trump. And they called me Trump in heels. And I take that as a compliment. <laughs> I'm not in politics to be a lifelong politician. I'm in it to save our state. I got in this to save Arizona. It's so easy. The, the solutions to the problems we have are not, not that complicated. Do the right thing for the people. But unfortunately, we have a uniparty where if you are not pre-approved by that uniparty, they will do everything to get in your way and stop you because there's too much money in endless wars there's too much money in an open border, in drugs pouring across the, the, uh, the border. There's too much money in controlling the system. And that's why they resist people who are uh, outsiders to the system. It's interesting, when, I, when, our election, when, our, when our victory was stolen, we were up 10, our internal polling showed us up 10 to 12 points. My, as I said, my opponent was like a female version of John Fetterman. Um, <laughs> Minus never, the hoodie. She never... She never campaigned. She had no policy. She literally could not string words together to form a sentence. And she, but yet she ran our election. She was the secretary of state. And so, I mean, you know, we, we had a, we had a very corrupt election in Arizona and we had it in 2020, a, a rigged election. And again, in 2022, they rolled out the broken machines. 60% of them didn't work. And they put those broken machines in the Republican areas it was disenfranchisement. It was a trampling of our our right, our, our sacred right to vote. But, Harry, like, um, before we run out of time, I want to make gonna... sure that you let everybody know what your favorite chapter in the book is. There's so many good chapters. I wrote this book. I, I When I talked to the publisher, I said I want every single chapter to be able to be read standalone. Like if you just open it up. Like an I'm, anthology. I'm a, uh, yeah, like you just open up, you go to a bookstore and you open up a book and you just start reading. I wanted every chapter to be worthy to stand on its own. But I will tell you this, there's nothing I hate more than buying a book or reading a book and it takes me 10 or 12 pages to get into the book. Mm -hmm. From the very first sentence of the epilogue, you will be hooked on this book. I promise you that. I'm sorry, the prologue, the prologue. Uh, the, the prologue is called Crash Landing. It was a, a moment during the campaign that was almost the end of me. 
and I don't want to give you too much um, detail about what happened because you'll have to read the book. The foreword is beautifully written by President Trump. I'm honored to have him write the foreword because he and I have a lot in common. We both had an election. We both had a victory stolen from us. We're both America first candidates who gave up our, our you know, very comfortable lives to serve the people. And, um, and, and we've become friends. We've been, become very good friends. I just talked to him a couple of days ago. He, was, he called me from his plane after he delivered a really rousing speech. And I, I respect him immensely. And I'm so honored that he's my friend. I can't give you a favorite chapter. I have, um, I have a chapter, I have a couple chapters on the fake news media. One is called Inside the Fake News. The next one's called Flipping the Script on the Enemy of the People. When I got into politics, you would think I would want to do interviews with the fake news, but I told my, my team I'm never going to do an interview with the fake news because they're so <laughs> unfair. And then we finally did one. Initially, I thought it went terribly, horribly wrong. And I said to my team, I'll never do another interview with them. And my husband, he, he recorded the interview and he played it back and he said, oh, my God, this was brilliant. You just put that guy in his place. And that's when I realized that actually I have a very I have a very good skill of being able to flip the script on the fake news media. So we decided to start doing every interview that came our way. And I'm sure you saw some of them over the course of our campaign. We ended up showing the world how corrupt the fake news is. And, and, and well done. It was a really well done job. Folks, we're on with Carrie Lake. Uh, she is the author of the brand new book. Make sure you pre-order your copy right now. Unafraid, Just Getting Started is the name of the book. Carrie Lake, former candidate for governor of Arizona. And there's a story in it that you guys don't want to miss about Carrie traveling to Cambodia with Cindy McCain. So don't miss that. That's got to be an interesting story. <laughs> yeah, Carrie that's Lake, a good one. <laughs> Uh, I, I just I want tell you. Go ahead. Oh, you, are we wrapping this up? You'll have to read that one because that's really interesting. Um, she traveled with a companion, not her husband, and it was it was quite interesting to uh, <laughs> be uh, uh, observing that whole thing. So you'll read a about fly that. on the wall. Unbelievable. Well, folks, make sure you get a copy of the book. Get two, one for yourself, one to give away. Carrie Lake, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Godspeed and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You bet. All right, folks, more to come straight ahead. Your calls and more when we return. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. With Rich Valdez. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. 
take it or leave it. That's who he is. That is part of his heart. There was 380 people at this, at this dinner. It's not like Hunter was sitting at Merrick Garland's lap. It was a bunch of, of, of people. And, and, and I think uh, part of the reason that Hunter Biden has been able to get out of addiction is because Joe Biden embraced him entirely, the entire time. So that's Anna Navarro. She's uh, from, uh, I think she's from, she was from The View, but I think this cut is from CNN. Or she was from CNN, I don't know. Anyway, it's Anna Navarro. And she, um, she claims to be a Republican, yet stands for nothing that the Republicans stand for. What's interesting here is how they, they go about explaining this, right? So people are up in arms that Hunter Biden is being accused by whistleblowers and by this and by that and his father, right? I mean, let's not pretend that didn't happen. Somebody went and testified before the Congress of the United States saying that as a whistleblower, an employee of the government, that they, um, while they were working on behalf of the government, they observed that Joe Biden had taken a bribe in his capacity as vice president to exchange favor for his political prowess, right? Uh, Selling influence and, and promoting certain policy positions in exchange for cash that was given to several shell companies that ended up with his son. And his son, who famously in emails said he has to kick back 10% to the quote-unquote big guy. And it's just interesting how that's what people are up in arms about. So they're they're upset that that guy, this presidential uh, first son, was at a state dinner where they were hosting the prime minister of India. Now, I understand that he's a member of the first family and they're not going to kick him out. I I get that. But I I also get the idea that I just put myself in those shoes and I think, wow, if this were my family, I don't know how I would handle that. I honestly don't. Uh, I mean, I I don't disagree with what Anna Navarro said. Yeah, of course that's his uh, son and of course he loves his son and helped him through addiction. All of that to me goes without saying. The big issue here is why, why try to downplay it? And why be so standoffish rather than say, look, I understand that there's some charges against my son and and he's, you know, whatever, he's going to have his day in court and he's going to pay his debt to society or or he's going to be acquitted, one or the other. And until that happens, you know, we're, we're going to continue to be a family and support one another. And that's why he was there as we hosted Prime Minister Modi and, you know, in the, in the residence. Um, I think any, everybody would have been shut up after that. But instead, it's like, no, 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 my son's the smartest guy. No, I'm very proud of him. I love him. He's smart. Okay, I got hairy legs. Okay, great. And then you get everybody else laying cover for you, making it seem like he's not allowed to have children. And I think it's just, it's a nonsensical argument to me. It's stupid. And it makes it look like you're hiding something instead of just telling the truth. Let's hit the phones. 833-4-VALDES. 833-VALDES. Let's go to Kim Shields, Michigan on KDKA. Hey, Kim, what do you think about Hunter going to that state dinner? Well, honestly, I think anywhere the Bidens go, the whole clan, it should be fumigated um, and uh-huh. sterilized. Just a filthy, nasty, rotten, crooked family, and they contaminate everything they touch. Jeez, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, um, but what I called about is Carrie Lake. I really like Carrie Lake. I listened to her on the War Room, 
And she's right. What she said about Arizona and Michigan being a couple of the worst ones, uh, I did a little uh, reading a couple of weeks ago, and I wrote down some stuff. Um, one way that Detroit cheats, ironically, because in a lot of these big cities, like she said, there's like two cities in Arizona that like carry most of the votes. That's how they can do all the cheating. There's a lot of counties with very yeah, and you know, and they've done this in a lot of um, big blue counties for years. You've seen it um, in in places like Austin or like Camden, New Jersey. Uh, th- this has been a thing for a long time. Uh, it, it just it is. And we, we do need to do better. Uh, I believe that this is um, one of those areas where we, we could talk about it all day. But unless there's a, a groundswell from the people that say, you know, what, I'm going to get involved and work in these elections. I'm going to make sure that I'm, you know, um, one of the, the two poll watchers or one of the two poll counters or one of the two whatevers people working the tables at the book, whatever it is, uh, people need to be. Just imagine, let me rephrase, imagine if election day rolled around and the campaign people um, were, were, weren't were begging people to volunteer. And if the actual uh, election administrators were saying, we've got more volunteers than we can handle, you know, thanks for your time. Thanks, but no thanks. Just imagine that, but that's never the case. They're always short staffed. You always got one person working on, you know, with a, many different hats on doing multiple duties. And, and I think this is where we, we get upset. In Spanish, they say, de la boca palante, right? We get upset from the mouth forward. It, 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 it's not a real heartfelt sentiment that we're angry about. It's just, you know, we're talking jazz. And I think people really, really need to, to put their money where their mouth is here, and, or their effort, I should say, and make sure that they show up on election day, not just to vote, but to help administer these elections. Or even in the 30 days prior where they do all these early voting um, deals in so many states. Good point, Kim. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. More to come straight ahead. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. So President Biden says that the U.S. and all of its allies have been closely coordinating on the events in Russia, but that they had absolutely nothing, nothing to do with the revolt of the Wagner Group, uh, also known as the Wagner Group. Uh, what they had to do when they uh, kind of said, all right, no, we're working for Putin. No, we're not. Now we're going to go. We're going we're gonna to kill Putin. And th- this is... Um, Again, this is why I don't do a ton of foreign policy, because you just don't know what to believe ever. You just never know what to believe. But Biden uh, says that the Wagner group, the Wagner group, that the Wagners are um, the the revolt against um, Putin was a top priority for the U.S. and our NATO partners. But we had nothing to do with it. So who knows? We're going to get to the bottom of that with our buddy Brent Sadler, uh, who is a um, former diplomatic attache, um, senior defense official, naval officer, 
all around great guy at the Heritage Foundation. And uh, we'll find out his take on this. <clears throat> also, I want to talk with one of my buddies, one of my talk radio buddies. You know him, Joe Pagliarulo, Joe Pags. Uh, I want to talk about what's going on with El Trompito. He was at the Faith and Freedom Coalition. Uh, he keynoted their event. And uh, then this morning, you had Ron DeSantis, who was uh, campaigning in South Texas, where he was discussing immigration and laid out a, his big, broad plan for immigration. So I want to talk about that as well. And, uh, of course, your phone calls, 833-4-VALDEZ, 833-4-VALDEZ. Again, 833-482-5337 is the number. You're welcome to call anytime. I am Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program. Featuring interesting guests from around the world. And calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, by the way, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. Happy to be with you tonight. Our telephone number is 833-4-VALDEZ, 833-482-5337. And as we've been discussing, uh, McCarthy is now saying, Speaker of the House McCarthy saying, look, we might just have to have an impeachment inquiry into Merrick Garland. We're going to keep you posted on that as it progresses. Plus, DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis was in South Florida today talking about immigration. We're going to get to that momentarily. But first, I want you to think about, of all the people that spoke at the Faith and Freedom Coalition's convention this week, Of all the people there, Trump, who was the keynote speaker, Donaldus Magnus El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States, and he was lauded uh, with, with, you know, standing ovation, and he was just terrific. And then there was my former boss, Governor Chris Christie, 
who lamentably was met with boo. Because he, instead of saying why he thought he'd be a great president, he was there explaining why Trump was bad. And this is clearly not a winning strategy, and they booed him for it. But we have a clip of former President Trump, and we're going to get to that momentarily. But I want to share that clip with you after I introduce our guest. Now, our guest is a radio talk show host extraordinaire. I've been on his show a couple of times. It was always an honor. The guy is terrific. Uh, you, you've, if you, over the years, you've seen him on Newsmax. You, you've likely heard him on the radio. He's terrific. Joe Pags, welcome, sir. Rich, thanks a million, man. Love being here. Thank you. Now, I, I got this a really short clip of Trump at the Faith and uh, Freedom Conference on Saturday. I want you to listen to this. Today, I'm announcing a new plan to protect the integrity of our immigration system. Federal law prohibits the entry of communists and totalitarians into the United States. But my question is, what do we do with the ones that are already here that grew up in it? I think we have to pass a new law for them. Using federal law in Section 212F of the Immigration and Nationality Act, I will order my government to deny entry to all communists and all Marxists. Well, now there's a law I can get behind. Joe Pags, and folks, check him out uh, at Joe uh, Talk Show on the Gram and the other social media. Joe Pags, what say you? Do you think um, this is what we need? I think it is. I wish I got to tell you, just just watching us not utilize our immigration and nationalization laws at all. I mean, after Reagan and what was it, 86 or something was promised by the Democrat Congress that, yeah, just 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 give, just give us amnesty for three million. And then we will lock down the border, man. And now we've we've seen six million, six point six million in the past two years under Biden. I think that whatever the law says, and part of that, of course, is what Trump just said, whatever the law says, let's follow it. You know, I grew up in South Florida. And growing up in South Florida in, in the 70s and 80s, we had the Mariel boat lift from Cuba. Yeah. And we didn't just let people that, that Fidel Castro let out come into South Florida and just start working at McDonald's. What we did was we had a chrome detention center. And you had to stay there until we knew that you weren't a criminal. It turned out most of them rich were criminals. That, yeah. that Fidel Castro was letting totally. his bad guys out to go hurt America 90 miles away. That's the way you do it. I'm not really sure I understand the whole idea that because you and I come from immigrants, my grandfather came here in a boat. I'm guessing your your, your family came came over at some point. That means that everybody is a good guy that comes, and they want to bring nothing but good to America. Well, if that were the case, they would do so, and they would do it legally. So I like what he's saying, but that's just a small provision. The entire law should be followed, and I think that we agree with that. Yeah, and I love the part about keeping the Marxists out. I just uh, <laughs> I thought it added a lot of uh, nuance and panache. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I, I like what I like what he said because um, there are Marxists here now. What do you do with the people that are pseudo fascists? What do you do with whoever's running the country? It's not Joe Biden, is it Obama? Whoever that person is is a wannabe fascist. So yeah, we'd have to get rid of them too. Hundred percent. Now, what I what I think is interesting here, and I want to talk about this. Um, I guess a little bit about the twenty twenty four field here. Um, there, there's sure. a lot of people out there. And Trump seems to be head and shoulders above everybody. Do you think, um, I mean, and there was a big crowd last time around, to, to be fair. 
but there was like the A crowd and the B crowd, right? You know, so Chris Christie never ever right. even had a chance to debate with Trump because, um, as far as I can remember, because he never had enough numbers to, to share the right. stage with him. So I see that probably being a repeat, um, uh, you know, 2016 with, with a few others who are polling at 1% or less. <clears throat> but of right. the, those that are there, uh, I guess Ron DeSantis, um, not Asa Hutchinson, um, I don't know if there's anybody else who's really that viable. There are some good people, but what do you, how do you think this starts to shape up come September? I don't love that we've got 14 or 15 running as Republicans. In 2016, it made sense. You had 16, 17 people. And I think if I remember the terminology, Richie, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you had the main stage and then the kids' table. And the kids' table <laughs> was sort of some, some weird debate that was happening before the main debate or after the main debate. There was yeah, the debate it in was, like the lobby. It was, it was very show. strange because – Exactly. I mean, you didn't have everybody who got a shot that way. Uh, what, what I'm confused about now is Donald Trump, I think everybody who's in the field would, would argue, should have won in 2020. I'm not saying Dominion did this or anybody else did that. Yeah. I do know this. There were states that were counting mail-in ballots where it wasn't legal, and those mail-in ballots should never have been counted. Plus, we've got the Hunter Biden laptop that was hidden. Plus, now we know of the, about this FD-1023 that was uh, at the DOJ since July of 2017. So there definitely was interference um, in the election. Trump should have gotten his duly you know, elected second term. Why would you have so many people now running against the guy? And then you've got somebody like DeSantis, who I like. I've interviewed him, um, yeah. who today, and you might, you might be running this soundbite later, but today said something like, I'm going to do better than Trump. Trump said he would do it, but he didn't do it. I'm going to actually do the Trump policy. I'm like, well, then why are you running if you're going to do the policy of the guy that you're running against? So for me, it's apples and oranges from, from 16 to now. All right. Yeah, that's great analysis. I, I hadn't looked at it that way. And I don't disagree with you. I think you're, you're, you're onto something there. And it's also, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not like it was in with, you know, it was open, right? There wasn't a, an incumbent exactly that was right. running for reelection. Right. We've got Biden. Let's talk about that for a second, because I think this is what you got. <laughs> JFK, not JFK, excuse me, RFK, uh, RFK Jr. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's looks terrific by the way i was like man i hope i look like him at some point in my life let alone 69 right, right, right. years old dropping and giving them uh, <laughs> 10 or 20 push-ups um i mean he clearly right. uh i would vote for him just based on that if i had to vote for right. a democrat but we, we've right. got uh that field that is is um you know simmering and and i'm just i'm just curious to think like w w do you really believe i don't know what i believe honestly joe pags that this is a moment of vulnerability yeah. here I, I don't know what my opinion is of this if okay. if Joe Biden really runs or not, or does he run just enough to get Kamala in and say, all right, you take over. I got to go. I got to go eat ice cream. I got hairy legs. Listen, I'm confused by that whole thing. Kamala Harris called him a racist to his face, was pulling in 3% and became the vice president somehow. So I'm not really sure <laughs> what the story is with that. We, you you and I are, are not in the know. So um, I, I don't blame you for not having an opinion because we're not being told all the information. You, you and I rely on truth, and then we, then we give our opinions and, and our commentary. After we get the truth, but let's talk about RFK for a second. I interviewed the guy when he had the when he just had the book coming out of, of, about Anthony Fauci, the, the real Anthony Fauci. Yeah, and I got to tell you, he's an incredible interviewer. Did a two parter with him, and I want to have him back on. And my first thing that I'll say to him, and I think that you might say the same thing as the great host that you are, oh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'm scared to death of you. I am scared because you're saying the right things. You sound like a conservative. You're acting like but a you're conservative. Not. You're down at the wall, taking live video in Yuma, Arizona, at two o'clock in the morning. You tell me that you're against mandates. You're, you're, you're for not having any more EUA shots. You're telling me that you want to close the border. I mean, Rich, this guy's scary. He's scaring me to death. You've got 
15 dorks over on the Republican side that want to <laughs> unseat the guy that should have got a second term. Then you've got a so-called Democrat who sounds like his uncle and his uncle JFK would have been a conservative today. So he's scary to me. Yeah, well, he should be scary to Biden for sure. And, and, yes. and they haven't taken an attack on him, uh, I'm guessing, because they don't take him seriously. I don't know if it's the speech impediment they or should. they don't consider Kennedy's real Democrats anymore. What do you think it is? Why are they writing him off? Well, well, I got to tell you something. They're writing him off because they think that they, they can do whatever they need to do to, to win a second term for Biden. But when you've got 16 percent of the, the American people think that they're better off now, that means that 94 percent or 84 percent don't think they are. So you've got somebody who now fills a gap because, you know, Biden got some center people to vote for him in 20. You know that he got center left people, maybe even a couple of center right people didn't like Trump tactics or didn't like the, the way that he looked at them, whatever it happened to be. You got RFK Jr. comes in. He gets all of them. Every single person who calls themselves an independent that leans a little bit left, a little bit right, is not an extremist and thinks Trump is and thinks Biden is. This guy now gets a huge swath of America. So yeah. on the left and on the right, in my opinion, you've got to take this guy seriously. If both, both sides don't take him seriously, he's going to be Ross Perot on steroids. <laughs> that was my next question. I was going to say, if not, he becomes Ross Perot. Uh, outstanding. Yes. I, I and, totally and, agree. What did Ross Perot get? Seven, Ross Perot got 17%. I mean, if Ross Perot isn't in that race, you realize that George Herbert Walker Bush wins 57 to 43. No Clinton? Easily. Thank you, Ross Perot. Right? I mean, that's something Thanks. to think about. <laughs> Folks, we're on with Joe Pags. He is at Joe Talk Show on the social media. Give him a follow. Check him out. We're coming right back with him. We're going to discuss uh, what happened in his neck of the woods with um, Congressman Chip Roy and Ron DeSantis, where Governor Ron DeSantis unveiled his immigration policy today. We got a clip of that. We'll come back with that. Don't go anywhere. 833-4-VALDEZ. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night. With Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Well, thank you, Rich, and thank you for everything. I know you very well, and I have I listen, but I have a lot of people that listen, and they love your show, and I appreciate it very much. America at Night with Rich Valdez. So we're gonna we're gonna create adequate rules of engagement. If somebody were breaking into your house to do something bad, you would respond with force. Yet why don't we do that at the southern border? So if the cartels are cutting through the border wall, trying to run product into this country, they're going to end up stone cold dead as a result of that bad decision. And if you do that one time, you are not going to see them mess with our wall ever again. I see that becoming a campaign commercial. That is Governor Ron DeSantis today in South Texas with uh, Congressman Chip Roy discussing his plans for his immigration platform. Our guest, Joe Pags, talk show host extraordinaire. Check him out at Joe, uh, at Joe Talk Show, forgive me, at Joe Talk Show on all of the social media. Joe Pags, um, this is your neck of the woods. Uh, clearly, you guys 
feel it more than anybody else in Texas. Do you, do you think, and you, you, you alluded to this earlier, um, do you think DeSantis has a trick up his sleeve where he can get Congress to act a little faster than Trump was able to get him that? Because there's only, oh, but so much executive action you can use. Well, I think the only way he could do that is because of his relationships. Chip Roy, by the way, District 21 Republican uh, in Texas, he's my representative. I had him on a couple of days ago. He was previewing this trip. And he said, I'm very close with Ron DeSantis. We're friends. He did great work as a congressman. And I think maybe those relationships help him a little bit, although most of us like that Trump was an outsider. Um, when you say you're going you're to kill them as they come through the wall, well, why not? But I would take it a step further. Why hasn't anybody said, why don't we, you know, we know where these people live. Let's, let's put a drone in the air and go take out the cartels that are terrorist organizations that are attacking mm-hmm. us. I mean, Obama, like, Obama, I think, blew up a marriage or a wedding or something out in, in, uh, in some part of the Middle East. And he made a mistake, obviously. But we didn't have any qualms about blowing up somebody in Yemen. For some reason, yeah. when, they're, when they're 20 miles from the border and they're living their, their lavish lives and they've got people making all of this product that's all going to be sent north, we don't want to go do anything about it. It's very, very strange. So I'm not against what he said, but it's a great, rich, great question that I hadn't heard anybody ask. Can he make something happen that Donald Trump can't? And, and I think that whoever becomes the executive in charge, if it's a Republican, and I hope to God it is, that person has to say, look, I've got the, I've got the, the law on my desk. Why are we following this? All you have to do is follow this law. And no, you can't invade. If 6.6 million people lined up at Laredo, would we just let them come in all at once? Of course not. That's, that's an invasion. But we've let that happen over two years. So we have the laws in the books now. And, and I think that your, your question is the operative question. Who in that office can make us go back to the rule of law? I think Trump did a pretty good job, I'll be honest with you. Uh, did he stop it completely? No, but a whole lot better than now. Could DeSantis, <clears throat> could DeSantis do what he says? I don't know. That's a great question. It really is a, an operative question. Good one. It's a very good question. I'm going to use it Thanks. tomorrow on my show, Rich. I'm going to steal it. Go for it. Go for it. It was really what <laughs> struck me. I was doing some, I was on Newsmax doing play-by-play on that one. And so yeah. I was watching it. And, and as I heard it, I was thinking, you know, I, I like DeSantis and I don't want to take shots. But, I do too. But when I hear you, anybody say something like that, and, and you're, he's, he cited Trump himself. He said the, these Trump right. policies. I'm thinking, all right, if they were Trump policies... Shouldn't I go to Trump for the Trump policy? <laughs> Why would we want you? That guy's running again. Right. Exactly. It's what I said earlier. And I think Ron's got eight years somewhere. I just don't think they should start now. I don't know. Right. If there was a, a war against wokeism, I'd go to DeSantis because I think he's leading the yes. pack nationally on that. Nobody's doing right. it better than him. So I, I, that's where I think he, he just he left it. Uh, um, he, he, he had to talk about it because he was in Texas. But I think he should have put more right. of a DeSantis spin on it. Since, you know, he does have some stuff that he could, you know, take credit for. Now, I want to, in the few minutes we have left, I want everybody to make sure they get to know you. Uh, because I, I've gotten to know you in the, in the few times that we've, we've had conversations. Um, right. I know that you were a TV news guy and then you, you, you weren't. Yes. But tell us a little bit about your cool story of getting into being one of the top 100 radio hosts in America. Well, I don't want to brag, but I'm the top 10 now somehow. I'm yeah, I was just saying, that. I was like, I'm 88. This guy's number eight. <laughs> no, you're, you're, well, believe me, you'll be passing me sooner than later. I'm a, I'm a Long Island kid. I'm from Copeg. I was born in Amityville. And, um, you know, I, we lived there until I was about seven or eight, then grew up in South Florida. From there, I got the radio bug. Rich, I've got tapes. I think my mom has tapes when I was 10 years old with a New York accent. This little tiny voice. Somehow my voice got deeper over the years. But I had this little tiny voice talking over the DJ, so I knew what I wanted to do. 
And to get into broadcasting, eventually, when I was in my 20s, uh, I just knocked on doors, went out to the middle of the state where you see Lake Okeechobee in the middle of, of, of uh, Florida. There's actually a little radio station out there. That's where I got my start in like 89. But I quickly went from there to Michigan where I got into television news and then radio news. And, and I was a TV news anchor for about 14 years all over Michigan uh, and then ended up going to Albany. So people listening maybe in the capital region in New York, I was yeah. the main anchor 6 or 11 o'clock Monday through Friday on WRGB, the CBS affiliate there. Okay. Uh, for three years. And then when that happened, Clear Channel, that was before I heard the bottom uh, or the, before they changed their name, Clear Channel was based in San Antonio. And they said, listen, we've got a, a job for you in San Antonio. Because I was doing some radio in Rochester, New York, doing some radio in Albany, doing some radio actually in Detroit from New York. So I was doing three or four shows a day. And eventually it looked like that was going to be the business. And we ended up here in Texas last 18 years. We've been doing the Ooh. show in the form that it's in now for about 16 years. Outstanding. Joe Pags, let everybody know your website, how they could find you. Yeah, JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. Love coming on, Rich. I love your show. We're going to do it again soon. Godspeed to you, my brother. Folks, don't go anywhere. Don't move a muscle. Don't touch the dial. I'm coming right back. Thank you, Joe Pags. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-482. 5337 you're on the right station. That is uh for some of you, it's your friend, Vlad, Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia. For others, it's uh, the arch nemesis, Vladimir Putin. And either way, whichever way you look at Vladimir Putin, that's who he is. And he's um, saying some stuff. What was he saying, Mr. Hinton? Do we know? Yes, he was uh, just not... A- addressing the insurrection <laughs> that uh, occurred or didn't occur against him uh, and saying everything is fine and dandy. That's from a statement that, uh, that uh, they've put out. And, and, and this is one of those situations where I really want to get to the bottom of it because, you know, everybody's got their story. You know, you the, the pro-Putin patriots that are very excited to, to say, well, no, 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 because he's never done anything wrong. He's terrific. That's the kind of guy you need. 
And, and then you've got the others that are like, oh, he's the worst. And some people think it was an inside job. It was um, a false flag. It may have been. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know how to, how to uh, assess this one. But I do know that President Joe Biden says we had nothing to do with this, absolutely nothing to do with this. Biden took to the airwaves a little earlier saying, wasn't me, wasn't us. We had nothing to do with this. Check it out. They agreed with me that we had to make sure we gave Putin no excuse. Let me emphasize, we gave Putin no excuse to blame this on the West or to blame this on NATO. We made clear that we were not involved. We had nothing to do with it. This was part of a struggle within the Russian system. All right. Uh, clearly, it's a problem in the Russian system. The, the, the things he says sometimes, it's just like, oh, okay, is that what it was? Oh, that makes tons of sense. Thank you, sir. Makes a ton of sense to me. Now, this is President Biden. Of course, um, his friend Kirby chimed in too, but I'll get to that in a moment. But Biden uh, saying that, the um, the U.S. had nothing to do with it. They're still supporting Ukraine. Um, he's still looking for hour-by-hour hour updates on the situation uh, straight from the weekend till now and saying, look, this has nothing to do with us. The, the issue here is we've got to get to the bottom of it, right? Uh, nothing has had to do with us, right, other than just tons of supplies being sent, tons of money being sent, uh, not to mention the accounting error. I think we had an audio clip on that one. That was a funny one, the uh, accounting error. But um, he says, uh, Biden, you know, continues to say, look, I've also talked at length with President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine. We'll be keeping in contact with him and maybe uh, speaking to him later. So this is Biden keeping his uh, finger on the pulse of what's going on with the Ukrainians and with the Russians. <clears throat> but I've always said, I think the biggest problem we have here is a leadership vacuum. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on this, or at least a lot of the people I come in uh, contact with uh, in my day-to-day -day life. But the reality is I think the United States has to, and I, I mentioned this on the Friday show with General Tata, we have to maintain a, a leadership position, a global leadership position where Biden has to be able to say, look, you may not like Joe Biden, but I'm president Joe Biden. And since, you know, I, I'm chief executive of the United States, that, that all of that clout comes with me. And I'm here to tell you that if you keep doing this, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, which is a threat, something that doesn't help. And then you go to the other ones and say, look, and to help you to make sure that we pump you up so that you don't get you know, caught out there, with this guy bullying you around, we're going to do X, Y, and Z for you to help you. And, and, you, and you keep that going to maintain the peace and you get to a, a, a place where there's agreement. But instead, it seems like we never get to this place because Biden doesn't make any effort. He just says, oh, yeah, yeah, send them whatever, send them whatever, send them this. And then it's not enough, right, because they send them non-lethal aid. So then the Ukrainians, you know, they, they're up in arms. There's protests. There's being slaughtered. And then we start sending all sorts of things. And now we're doing better. And then the Russians hire the Wagner Group. And then the Wagner Group says, ah, we're going against you. And then the president of Belarus gets involved and says, all right, we're changing our charges against the guy we've got. I mean, it's just such a such a interesting turn of events. If you have an opinion on this and you want to get in on the conversation, feel free to give us a call. 833-4-VALDES, 833-4-VALDES. But otherwise, I'm going to switch gears. I want to talk about something 
what I really want to talk about, but I'll leave it for the next hour, is how I was doing some um, commentary and analysis on Newsmax TV today. And one of the stories they sent my way was how the attack on gas stoves continues. But it's not just gas stoves. It's also the brick oven, coal-burning stoves uh, that make pizza in New York. Imagine New York City without pizza ovens because these pizza ovens are now under attack. Pizza is under attack in New York City. Of all places, you could attack pizza. Right? Why not attack pizza? I love everybody in Wisconsin, but I, I've never known Wisconsin to be famous for pizza. It's famous for cheese. It's not famous for pizza. New York City's famous for pizza. Right? I think the only other place that's as famous for pizza as New York City is Italy. And you're talking about those margarita type of pies. So, why on earth are they proposing to take away? these stoves or to act, to force these businesses to add or manufacture or purchase or lease. I don't know how, how the, some sort of filter so that they can use these ovens. And I'm thinking a pizzeria in New York city. Some of these things are the size of, of the oven. That's as big as they are, you know, with a little counter facing the window. And all of a sudden, this is what they're going to do. This is how they're going to, I don't know. I'm a little bit, uh, what's the funny word here? Flabbergasted. That's what I am. Anyway, I want your thoughts on that as well. And I'll get to that a little bit more in the, um, in the open phone hour. 833-4-VALDEZ. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. regular oversight of our execution of presidential drawdown authority for Ukraine, we discovered inconsistencies in equipment valuation for Ukraine. In a significant number of cases, services used replacement costs rather than net book value, thereby overestimating the value of the equipment drawn down from U.S. stocks and provided to Ukraine. Once we discovered this misvaluation, the comptroller reissued guidance on March 31st, clarifying how to value equipment in line with the financial management regulation and DOD policy to ensure we use the most accurate of accounting methods. We have confirmed that for FY23, the final calculation is $3.6 billion. And for FY22, it is $2.6 billion for a combined total of $6.2 billion. All right, that's uh, Sabrina Singh, Pentagon spokesperson working with uh, Kirby over there. And uh, she says that this accounting error, and this is from um, Tuesday, the accounting error was the result of military services using replacement costs instead of the book value of equipment sent to Ukraine. So final calculation, she added, 
showed that in the current fiscal year, there was an error of $3.6 billion, and in 2022, there was an error of $2.6 billion. Yep, that's $6.2 billion combined. The discovery came as uh, fiscal year 2023 comes to an end, and it allows the Pentagon to have the extra stash of money that they need to support Ukraine's counteroffensive against Russia. And I just thought, you know, isn't that interesting how um, we overvalue things? Anyway, to get the weapons and ammunition to Ukraine quicker than going through the purchase process, the Department of Defense uses what's called presidential drawdown authority, allowing them to pull supplies off the shelves or from their stock. And the AP reported, the Associated Press, that previous estimates from June 13 showed the U.S. committed over $40 billion in security assistance to Ukraine since the beginning of the Russian invasion. But using the new calculation, the U.S. provided less than $34 billion in aid. So we're doing better. We've, we, we, we overestimated what we sent, and we actually saved some money. So, of course, tomorrow or whenever, you know, whenever Biden decides to deal with this, he'll say, we're talking about a savings of $6.2 billion. That's a $6.2 billion savings. This is not a savings of anything. This is money that was overestimated. It doesn't exist. And again, he didn't make that statement, but this is how they always make all their statements. It's based on these funny numbers that they come up with. So anyway, that's the story there on how we just can't count right and um, have tons of tons of uh, accounting errors. Anyway, I want to hit the phones here. Uh, let's go to Alice in Atlanta, Georgia, WGKA. Go right ahead. Hey, Rich. Uh, today I heard a, a, a Russian, she's a former Russian citizen, expert who has written a book called Putin's Playbook. And Putin, Putin does things um, where, where people don't recognize what he is doing. So this whole issue between the mercenaries uh, marching on Moscow and making it look like there's going to be some overthrow of, of Putin she says, oh, no, this is a false flag operation. What mm-hmm. is happening, in her opinion, is that the mercenaries are getting into position where they can invade Ukraine from the north. And she says, if you look at where they're stationed right now, they are within striking distance of Lviv. And she thinks that that's what they're really doing. The whole world is out there talking about some conflict. The Ukrainians are all excited about possibly somebody's going to overthrow Putin. Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is a false flag. They're trying to dupe the world and suddenly invade from the north. Makes a lot of sense to me, Alice. Honestly, uh, these the false flag operations, whenever anybody suggests them, they always make sense. I just don't know if I can believe them all because it, they're just impossible to prove. But I don't put it past them in any way. I don't trust them. Um, I don't trust any foreign military, but let alone the Russians, because they're famous for this stuff, right? They're famous for for all of these uh, interesting false flag operations. So makes sense to me. You know, I, I would have bet that when the, the uh, drone hit the Kremlin, that that was also a false flag so that they could go after uh, the Ukrainians and say, look what you did. Uh, but. It just wasn't the case. So 
Excellent point. I do appreciate the call from WGKA area in Atlanta, the A. Thank you, Alice. We appreciate it. Um, it makes sense to me. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll get to the bottom of that in a little bit. Uh, and the rest of your calls, 833-4-VALDEZ, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. That's 833-482-5337. 833 That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. Your calls and more coming up right now. Plus, we've got Open Phone America. We're going to talk about this pizza controversy. Uh, at least I'm going to talk about the pizza controversy. If, if you dare not enter the pizza conversation, that's on you. But how do you ban pizza ovens. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I believe that's just politics um, destroying pizza. Anyway, we're talking about Putin. We're talking about the Wagner group and the false flags and all of that stuff. Let's go to Robert in Charleston, South Carolina, WTMA. Robert, go right ahead. Yes, um, Rich. I just want Rich. I just wanted to say that, you know, you have to consider their basic philosophy, what they came out of, and where they came from, and their leader Vladimir Ilyich Lenin. The the object. The, 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 you could put it all in a nutshell, and you could say the end always justifies the means. They're not yeah. out there to be martyrs. They're out there to be exactly the opposite. You. All these mistakes that we are supposedly making are not mistakes at all. Nobody makes that many mistakes one after the other. I called up Washington, and I left a message on, on, the, on their answering machine in Washington for, for, for President Biden. And I said to them, I would have pulled out of Afghanistan in exact, exactly the opposite way that they pulled out. The reason why they pulled out like that is because they left all those treasures behind on purpose. Nobody mm-hmm. makes that kind of an action. Yeah, who okay. does that? You don't throw away the Christmas tree with the gifts under it. Absolutely. Absolutely, Rich. We we are being double-crossed big time. This nation is being undercut like you wouldn't believe. There's no way that we make mistakes every day of the week. It just doesn't happen. And then put the Taliban in charge of our security when we left? You've got to be kidding me. No wonder we had a huge explosion at the airport in downtown Kabul. And we also lost some, uh, a fair amount of people, uh, way too many. But yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, that, that, I hate talking about it because honestly, it's very frustrating. But it, it seems to me, it's like, so I think some, I'm sure every government has their deal, their arms deal that they make, you know, that deal with the devil that they make that they normally wouldn't make. But because they're president of the United States, they had to make a deal because they have more details than we do. But I feel like you're supposed to make that a secret, you know, like Obama and his, his um, Fast and Furious. 
you know, or any of these other gun deals that we've seen throughout the years. But this one was so blatant and in your face. They didn't even try to hide it. They were just like, oh, no, no, we had to go. We had to go really fast. You know, if that's hiding it, it, it wasn't effective. I don't think anybody believed that. And, and it really is such a shame. And, and, and you raise a good point. These guys are so transparent that they are who they are. And, and they are followers of Lenin. These are Leninists and Stalinists. And, and to think of them as anything else, in my opinion, is a mistake. Uh, because otherwise, you'll end up thinking that Russia has a claim to everything that was once Russia. Right. So that's like, you know, if Mexico were to come into, I don't know, let's say California or Texas and just start saying, you know, that was all part of Mexico once. And, you know, we're just here to to repatriate ourselves with our people. We're here to uh, just reclaim what's ours. We're just defending our own territory because, you know, this, that and the other thing. Anybody could say what they want, but we have to go with what's real. You know, just imagine the people, you know, I, my, my family home here, some other people lived in it back in the 70s. And if those people were to come here, and I once met somebody who was like, oh, my gosh, I knew the people who lived here before, blah, blah, blah. And imagine if they come back and they go, oh, you know, I used to live here, so I'm going to take my old room back. Excuse me? No. This is my house now. Right? <laughs> we, the deed is to, uh, to my family, not yours. But yet some people just, they just don't believe in that. They don't understand why that's, that's the case. You can't just uh, take stuff that doesn't belong to you, in my opinion. Anyway, Robert, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. A uh, big shout out to everybody in South Carolina on WTMA. Let's go to David Egg Harbor, New Jersey. W-O-N-D, go right ahead. Hi, Mr. Valdez. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the situation with Mexico because it's a perfect example of what I'm about to say. It's mm -hmm. not at all the example that you gave, though. It's more like what if Mexico decided to build a military alliance with China and Russia install Chinese troops on the American border, install thousands of nuclear and regular missiles. That's what you want to Well, call that's them. a nice supposition, but the problem is there was a, truth, a troop surge, and it was the Russians that were on the border with Ukraine, right? Everybody talks about these, these um, laboratories and whatnot, but ultimately they could have blown up those laboratories 10 times over. Here we are two years later. So, I mean, the, the argument you're making holds no water and it makes no sense. If, if that's what they were doing, what are they doing today? Because that they did months ago. That's not the truth. Anyway, thanks for the call. We'll be right back. Open phone, America. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at night 
with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late-night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Your liberty-loving Latino amigo, happy to be here with you, and you're welcome to join us on this late-night National Town Hall Forum. The phone number is 800, I'm sorry, that's a lie, it's 833, the number 4, Valdez, 833-482-5337. And uh, a bunch of things we're going to get into tonight. The first thing I was talking about was the pizza story, but we're going to get to your calls. And uh, I see there's some people on hold. I'm going to get to you momentarily. Thank you for your patience. Uh, I wanted to just make sure I get this out there because how often do you hear about an attack on pizza, right? The green madness continues because now they're, they're saying pizza ovens are going to require filtration in order to continue using pizza ovens. And there's one uh, factoid here uh, from the New York Post. It says you would need to use a pizza oven 849 years just to equal the amount of carbon that's produced in one year by John Kerry's private jet. (laughs) How's that? Anyway, New Yorkers are um, suffering at the hands of unelected food bureaucrats in the name of public health and climate change because they're saying that they're going to come after you. This is kind of like uh, former Mayor Bloomberg, right? When he tried to ban uh, sodas that were bigger than 16 ounces. Well, now they want to ban pizza ovens that don't have filtration. And uh, I think this is ridiculous and it's crazy. I've never met anybody who had a problem from pizza oven emissions right? That's just not even a thing. The problem you get from pizza is from eating too much of it. Anyway, I want to get to your, uh, your calls on that as well. Plus, we talked about Ukraine tonight. A lot of uh, Ukraine. Most people disagree with me on that one, but I hold the line. I don't like Putin. Putinsky is bad. Badinsky. No Putinsky for me, but I'm sure there's a lot of pro-Putin patriots out there that are framing their shirtless pictures of Vlad riding a horse or playing with a baby lion or something like that as he uh, is the white knight of all humanity and the West because that's how Vlad's pro-Putin patriots are. They love this guy. Not me. What else we got? Then we're going to also go back to this. There's one more story I want to talk about. Starbucks. There's a bunch of employees from Starbucks that are on strike this week because they um, they took exception that the company banned Pride Month decorations in their cafes. So because they say the company banned this, they wanna they wanna protest. You're talking about 3,500 workers that are protesting this this week at 150 locations, as if Starbucks didn't have enough problems. They just go from bad to worse. Anyway, folks, again, 833-4-VALDEZ is the phone number, 833-4-VALDEZ. Let's go to Lou Pittsburgh, KDKA Online. Go right ahead. Uh, Good evening. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. 
Well, unfortunately, I think this war is going to continue because you got the almighty buck pushing it. Uh, whoever manufactures the tanks and the the uh, bullets and the guns and so forth, uh, that's the problem. The almighty yeah, but dollar, you know, Lou, uh, the almighty dollar pushes everything, right? Commercial radio, television, my car. Like, my car doesn't work if I don't put money for gasoline in it. I mean, everything is is fueled by the almighty dollar, no? Correct, but my, my point is a lot of people are suffering and dying because of it. Yeah, true, well. True or not true? Oh, yeah, listen, I, I don't support the war. I don't think they should have war at all. I think uh, Putin should stay in his place, and they should, I think Biden should have shut it down a long time ago. By, you know, exerting some of his strength and his own uh, influence as president of the United States. But he doesn't. He doesn't do anything to help. He just he turns a blind eye, says he's not getting involved, takes a few pictures here and there and allows things to get even worse. I don't think that's a winning uh, answer here. I don't think it's a winning strategy. But I agree with you. You know, the war machine is real, right? The military industrial complex is a real thing. And this is part of the reason I, I always say I give kudos to um to to trump in particular for figuring out that balance it was a simple concept he still fed that beast and still managed to create no new wars and it was as simple as just making sure the military had lots of equipment lots of uh of opportunity to grow and that was it and as long as we still bought what we were had to what we had to buy from the military industrial complex without ever needing to use it, voila. And, and that to me, I guess that's the Trump doctrine or one of them. And and it seemed to be effective in my opinion. However, today um, a lot of people look at that and they say, no, 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 you got to take it two steps further. And and I think that's where where the problem is. They are not seeing that happy medium that we had. Anyway, Lou, uh, I hope that makes sense to you. Make friends, not enemies. Correct or not correct? Well, I think you you make friends when you can. I think sometimes all all you can do is make enemies, right? I do talk radio. I try to make friends. I want people to call in and have a good conversation with me. But the reality is sometimes I make some enemies. It just kind of comes with the territory. Friends, I don't have very many enemies. I'll tell you what, because I like peace. I like peace. And I have a lot of peace in my life, and I don't. If I don't get along with somebody, I avoid them. Okay, that's a good idea. I avoid them. Yeah, sure. Now, and you sound like a heck of a nice guy, and I thank you for the call. I appreciate it because uh, I think you have the right approach. I'm not arguing with you. Uh, I agree with you. I think that's exactly right. And and I think my, my criticism here is not of of anything other than Biden just not getting involved. I know a lot of people think the United States shouldn't be involved in everything. All right. Good luck with that. I do believe we have to be involved in, in lots of things. And this is one of those reasons why, because when you're not, things go crazy and we don't want crazy. We want peace through strength. Don't go anywhere. I'm coming right back. I am Rich Valdez. The phone number is 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S.
Valdez. That's Valdez with an S. Give me a sense first of, you know, how did you guys coin that phrase or why did you decide to go with that branding going forward? Do you like biomimics? No, I'm just asking. I'm I, think curious. I think it's pretty clever. It's pretty good. Um, look, um, it makes good sense, biomimics, right? It kind of flows off the tongue really well. Uh, but in all seriousness, look, which you're going to hear from the president. I don't want to get ahead of him. I think we've kind of laid out a little bit of what uh, what we what we are thinking, uh, or what we think the president's going to lay out, or what he is going to lay out. Uh, certainly, it's a vision, right? It's a vision about growing the economy uh, from the middle out, the bottom up. You hear us say that over and over again because we believe that trickle down economics does not work, and we have seen that over and over and over again. That's Karine Jean Pierre with CNN's Jeremy Diamond. Uh, uh, sparring over the term Bidenomics. Uh, she tends to like it. He doesn't like it. But she says, look, we've from the bottom up, from the middle out, and everything else she just said. You heard the clip. But here's the deal. 66%, 66% of Americans disapprove of President Biden's handling of the economy. Latest CNN poll. That's a horrible number. When you look at how they're dealing with the energy situation, with the crisis that we have facing small businesses because of, um, you name it, climate change, right? They're trying to re redo the entire economy to make it a, a green economy. That's not going to help anybody who's producing, I don't know, pizza in New York City. They don't need that. They need help. These are Americans that need help. Instead, what they're met with is a new rule that says you can't have a pizza oven. I mean, how does anybody turn around and say, oh, that's why I love Biden, because he's so good. There's nothing to say. He's not making it any easier for himself. Let us go to Paul. Paul's in Zanesville, Ohio, W-H-I-Z. Paul, go right ahead. Good evening, Rich. I'm one of that 66 percent. Um, <laughs> you know, what's next? Yeah, what's next, Rich? Um, I mean, are, we, are they going to tell us we can't um, barbecue out in our backyard? You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It all has to do with this uh, 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 green energy and so forth. Um, now, the, he's going to try and tell you you can't run a pizza oven, but what's next? Our, our natural gas ovens that, you know, how many restaurants – a huge natural gas and so forth. This is all connected. You know, um, they're trying to shut down our, our, our natural gas, our oil, everything. It's this green energy deal. And this George Soros guy, um, tell me a little bit about him. Isn't he the one that is big on that Green New Deal and all that? And he has billions and billions of dollars. But they're just trying to tell the American people, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. I don't like my government telling me that. What do you think, Rich? Well, I think you're on to a few things. Number one, Soros, uh, he, he's pretty much the supporter, the, the, the godfather of the modern-day left wing. I mean, he's supported all of them, all of these, these um, pro-crime, progressive um, prosecutors that don't put anybody in jail and keep everybody on the street. That's, um, he, he, he's spearheaded that. And, yeah, back to pizza ovens, because I think that's important here. What the government's doing is incredible, and it shouldn't be allowed. I'm with you on this one, Paul. We need to 
bring things back to basics, to keep it simple, right? And the reality is you can't enjoy yourself when you're with somebody that just, you know, wants to destroy pizza in New York City or anywhere else. I don't know. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, well, you know, I just think it's the the government, you know, trying to control us more and more. And the Biden administration, they're a bunch of liars, you know, that. You know, and then there's also people on the Republican side that are, too, the rhinos and so forth. And I'd also like to thank you for having that Carrie Lake on because, uh, you know, I like her, and I I like to give her a comment. She's a good-looking woman for her age. No disrespect. (laughs) I um, I think she's my age. I don't think she's old. Yeah, I think she's in her 40s. Well, okay, well. No, maybe I'm wrong. My foot in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, this a good show. Oh, she. uh, forgive me. They're chirping in my ear telling me she's 53. Oh, okay. Well, then she's about six years younger than me. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I just think that the, the, these pizza ovens and so forth, come on, give us a break. You know, this is America. What, how are you going to try to shut down our, our pizza ovens, our backyard barbecues? You know, tell us we can't drill for natural gas. You know, you're putting a, a, a stress on our energy, our, our electric grid right now. Your electric has to come from burning either fossil fuels or solar or wind. And we know solar and wind don't work. And, you know, uh, or it's, it's, it's marginal. You know, it only works so many times, like when the, the wind's blowing or the sun's shining. And I, and I just think that the government, you know, they really need to get off our behinds and start doing something for the people. You know, and I also like that Larry Elder. I've seen him on Newsmax tonight. Oh, he's terrific. And he, um, yes, yes. And um, he, he's kind of um, saying the same thing that Trump has been saying. And he, he said something that caught my ear. He said, well, now, if Trump can't, if he would, you know, uh, be the uh, Republican uh, uh, presidential, uh, you know, pick or whatever. Nominee, you know what yeah. Um, nominee, yeah. That if he was, if he couldn't do his duties because he was in jail or something, he would carry on, you know, Trump's philosophy. So I like Larry Elder, and that kind of relates back to your first guest. You know, the, I, you know, I think that that would be a good. Uh, president and vice president because i do like it larry elder and donald trump's my man and that's about all i got to say tonight rich well paul i want to thank you don't go anywhere though i because I, I i wanted to ask you about russia what is your your take on this uh, do you think that putin staged this whole thing himself just to um advance into a new position with ukraine doesn't sound too far-fetched to me well you know um, I, I don't know how to feel about that, but I wouldn't put anything past communists. You know, um, <laughs> I said something that I regret um, a while back that I kind of cursed on the radio, and I'm sorry I did. But never trust those communists. So I don't know what's going on over there. You know, I don't know how Hunter and then Biden's tied up in Ukraine. So it, it's hard for me to say at this point in time. I guess all I can do is listen to shows like yours and listen to news back, Newsmax and listen to somebody who tells the truth other than this mainstream media who seems to have a problem with honesty. You're 100% right. You know, earlier today, you mentioned Newsmax. I was watching Newsmax, and, uh, and I'll let you go right after this. There was a, uh, a, a clip of Bill Maher, the comedian who's got the HBO show, and Bill Maher, he was reading a clip of something, and it said, you know, yada, 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 due to the fact that, you know, um, there was so much misinformation, we couldn't print everything they said. And he said, oh, hold on a second. Why is it that 
instead of just writing the misinformation, just write what the misinformation is. You know, just say, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. say, you know, falsely mm-hmm. stating that Godzilla had three heads. You know, let me determine if it's misinformation, not you. And ultimately, this is um, obviously an excellent point and one that we've made throughout the years. And, and I feel like as more and more people realize that, more and more people are just not going to trust or participate in the media. What do you yeah, think? And we, and we need to get our we, we need to get our Department of Justice, our FBI. We need to get them on track. We need to have some Supreme Court judges. That the, the and that, matter of fact, one did today. He he, I forget what he did, but um, I didn't have a whole lot of time to watch today. But you know, uh, these people need to start being held accountable. I mean, in my opinion, as an American citizen, you know, I, I'm tired of hearing you know the accusations, this and that. You know, let's hold these people accountable. And I think it, and, and maybe it's the uh, judicial branch that maybe I'll step up and say, hey, we're tired of all your hearsay. Why don't you uh, show us the evidence? Show us the money. I think it's you know, got to come from the executive money. branch. We got to get some uh, U.S. attorneys with a little bit of guts to bring these, um, to bring the right charges. But you're right. They need to pay, they need to be held accountable. Thank you, brother. Always a, a pleasure speaking with you. Big shout out to everybody. On WHIZ, my buddy Paul in Zanesville, Ohio. Now, I want to continue because the the attack on pizza is just the beginning of it. There's more, right? There's a few other crazy stories I want to get to, but I want to invite you to call as well. I'm happy to speak with you. 833, the number 4-VALDES, 833-4-VALDES. Or you could chime in online. Now, anybody who's missed any portion of any of the interviews we've done, if you missed Carrie Lake or you missed anybody tonight, like my buddy Joe Pags, you can always go to richvaldezamericaatnight.com and listen to the replay absolutely free. richvaldezamericaatnight.com and uh, check out or hit the listen live button if you want. But just make sure you go and subscribe to the podcast. Anyway, we're going to get to the rest of your calls and more straight ahead. Um... I am Rich Valdez, and I'll be right back. All right, America, welcome back. And in a um, in a audio recording obtained by CNN, this is the latest smoking gun to prove that El Trompito Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, that he is somehow guilty as sin. He has done the unpardonable uh, sin against humanity. He discussed a document that was on his desk that had a classification marking on it. We don't know what the document was. We don't know anything other than he says, look, look at this, look at this. This is what he's proposed. And we have a two-minute audio clip of Trump speaking um, about about said document. And it's, 
I don't believe it's a smoking gun in any way. But again, I'm biased and I realize that. But I will play the audio for you either way. Now, this this recording, which uh, first aired about two hours ago on Anderson Cooper 360 on CNN, it includes uh, details from the conversation. That's a critical piece in Counsel uh, Jack Smith's indictment over the mishandling of classified information. Now, we, we do know that there are photos that are circulating of documents in various rooms in Mar-a-Lago, and that wasn't where they were, right? They were moved from other places and scattered about to make it look like they were haphazardly being kept throughout the home. I'm not saying all of them are, but many. So this is an interesting thing to keep in mind as we uh, listen to this um, audio of El Trumpito. Now, let me just see here. I want to frame this right because, again, Hillary Clinton is guilty of so much worse. But I'm trying to see who the the folks he's speaking with are so I don't mess this up. But I don't see it. So we're just going to play the audio, and I'll give it to you on the way back. These are bad, sick people. That That was your coup, you know. Against you. That's well, it started right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a kid. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Millie. Trying to overthrow your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Mm. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm-hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. But look, look at this. You attack, and Hillary would print that out all the time. You know, <laughs> it, email. No, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner, yeah, yeah. the pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it. <laughs> all right, so there you go. They'd send it to Anthony Weiner, the pervert. It's funny. Um, Again, this is uh, the, 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 the publisher and one of the writers that were working on the memoir for former chief of staff Mark Meadows. And um, this is where we are. I, um, I, I don't see this as being um, anything egregious. But again, if, if this is what they want to send him to jail for for 100 times four, 400 years, then I think, you know, Houston, we got a problem. There's a lot of people that are doing worse, but that doesn't mean he's above the law, right? Trump is not above the law. Here's Hunter Biden, by the way, and he seems to kind of get by like he is above the law. Anyway, let's get uh, your opinions on this stuff. Let us go to the phones. 833-4-VALDES. Let's go to Ken, Lansing, Michigan, W-I-L-S. Go right ahead, Ken. Hey, Rich. How are we doing tonight? Wonderful. Thank you. Thank God. Good show as always. And I appreciate you being the minister of truth at night, my friend. Uh, thank uh, you, sir. That's kind. 
Uh, I just got done hearing a little news flash before your show came back on. And it was, this isn't what I called about, but I just have to say this. Uh, I don't know where Biden was at, but he was talking to somebody and he sounded like he was apologetically telling Putin, hey, uh, we, we had nothing to do with that revolt and neither did NATO. I mean, he was telling, <laughs> he was telling on a little, like he was telling on a little brother or sister. So, I mean, he, geez, old Pete's that guy. It wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't us. It wasn't us or NATO. So don't don't do nothing to us. You know, don't tell right. mom on me. But, yeah, he's always but, seems uh, to be afraid of Putin. Boy, and boy, after all the after all the talk he did about Trump and Putin and Trump and Putin, and he just he would kiss his backside if he was in front of him. I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> listening to the interview with Carrie Lake, that was a great interview, Rich. Uh, and I I really like oh, uh, how she comes across as a person and a human being turning down a beautiful, lucrative job that she had to try to get things right in her state. What a true patriot. And I, just like I said last week, Rich, when she was talking about voting machines in Arizona, having problems with these voting machines. And I bet you it was mainly in Republican districts. I would be a bet man. That's where my money would go. And I talked about last week about the little town in the upper peninsula that picked Biden and uh, you remember what I said about how they oh, yeah. raised hell and made him re- made him recount. Actually, Trump won. So I am scared to death. And I, I know I'm kind of saying what I did last week, but I'm scared to death, Rich, of artificial intelligence and what these people can do with these machines. And they've got they've got a year and a half before our presidential elections to tweak these machines. They want the way they want to tweak them. You know. I can't I can't live in that kind of fear. I have to wake up thinking things are going to be better. Otherwise, I'd be sick to my stomach every day. What you're saying is is obviously a possibility. But I just don't believe it. I think that um, the American people are too good for it. And I think we'll prevail. Um, call me naive. Call me silly. But I think that's where we're at. I, I just um, I just don't see it. I can't see them doing the same thing over and over. That's literally the definition of insanity. And I, don't, I think that we're past that. That's my thought. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm in for the rude awakening, Ken. Thanks for the call. Lansing, Michigan, W-I-L-S. Big shout out to you guys. <clears throat> we're going to get to the rest of your calls and more straight ahead. 8334-VALDES. 8334-VALDES is the phone number. Or get at me online at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. I'm coming right back. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S.
All right, America, welcome back. <clears throat> I wanted to share with you the the news that CNN put out there of, of President Trump. They're exclusive on that audio. You just heard it saying uh, people saying Hillary did that all the time. And uh, this is what they want to prosecute him for. We, we shall see how that continues. Uh, I, I don't think they've got much to hang their head on there. But I want to continue with your calls. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Tom. Tom's in Baltimore, Maryland. WCBC. Tom, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Go. Are you there? Where else would I be, Tom? Oh, I'm sorry. My 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 radio station keeps cutting out. Well, you and shouldn't I be listening to the radio. You should be listening to the phone. I am listening to the phone, but it's cutting out on me for some reason. I don't know, but it never lasts. Um, uh, with this crossing the border, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they're they're breaking up the demographics of the whole United States. I, I kind of feel like that has very little to do with the with the dynamics of a vote but more of a, a U.N. and a World Health Organization play for uh, world government. How far, what are your views on that? I think that there are, <clears throat> like anything, right? This is my thought. I'll take my time with this. I believe that there are people that think we're better off as citizens of, of the world than as citizens of our nation, right? Citizens of the United States, you know, or even more granular citizens of New Jersey, citizens of Baltimore, uh, Maryland. So I, I believe that there's that difference of opinion. I think that they, they're very vocal. And I think there's more people out there that are like, ah, I don't even care. I don't care. Right. That's where it works kind of in concert when you're able to teach kids in particular, the the most captive audience you could find, that the United States isn't all it's cracked up to be. They're not great. It's, you know, this country was never great. When you start to do that, then you can start to to not appreciate what what you have and you lose your patriotism. So now it it becomes easier for you to espouse these, um, these thought patterns, these ideas. So ultimately, I think there are people that like different things, different strokes for different folks is, is the reality of it. And there are people that promote this one world governance and government. And for them, they think it's the best thing. You know, they like the idea of, of, of a central government globally. I don't. I don't like that idea because I have a different way of doing what I do in life, right? I don't want the government to be central to what I'm doing. I want the government to be ancillary. I want them to be an afterthought. I don't need them in order to survive. I need me. I need God, right? I don't need the government. So I think it becomes a difference of opinion. And and that's where we are. Who, who wins this opinion war? Who wins this uh, culture war? Who wins this war on on history. I don't know. I hope it's, uh, you know, us. Now we're winning this war. Hope, uh, old glory wins, but ultimately, yeah, there are people at the border that are just saying, you know, let's have one big, uh, 
deal where people just walk in and out of the United States willy-nilly the way they like. Tom. They're, they're even using the social security. No pension funds now. The financial war, we have no business in being involved in. Yeah, uh, again, that's another good point. I do think we have uh, some business being involved because it was the United States that told Ukraine, hey, look, we will protect you against Russia as long as you give up your nukes. And they gave up their nukes, which is probably today one of the dumbest things they did. Right. They're probably looking back saying, damn, we should never have done that in the um, Budapest Memorandum of Security Assurances. And and that's unfortunate. So I think we, we owe them that because we told them we would protect them because they got rid of their nukes. And, you know, they wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for us. Anyway, Tom, thank you for your call, folks. Getting to the rest of your calls straight ahead. I see we've got some calls coming in from Texas and other areas. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. Our telephone number is 833-4-VALDEZ, or you can chime in online at Rich Valdez with an S. I see, uh, I haven't had a chance to check what these are, but I see a bunch of uh, commentary from a Stuart Birdman. I'm guessing that's Stuart Birdman, but Birdman sounded funnier because it has a picture of a bird. Uh, I typically don't look at any comments from people who don't really use their real name or don't use a real photo because I think they're trolls. But it um, seems like there's some humor in here, so I'll go through those. If I find some funny stuff, I'll share it. Anyway, I want to continue with our calls across America. This time we're going to Arlington, Texas, K-L-I-F, great station. Let's go to Julie. Julie, welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Hi, thank you. My pleasure. Hi. Uh, What's on your mind? I just caught you. Well, I just caught you for the first time today. Um, I just jumped on about thirty minutes ago, and uh, how's my hair? Time I've heard you. Well, I'm just hearing you on the radio. I'm just catching you on the radio. I'm kidding, and I'm enjoying <laughs> the it. The radio I'm, joke. I'm enjoying it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't catch it. But anyway, uh, I am, I'm enjoying it. And um, I, I see that I, you know, I missed some really good uh, interviews you had, Terry Lake. And I, well, I let me tell you that. where you can get these interviews before we go on. You can go to Rich Valdez, America at night dot com. Rich Valdez with an S, by the way. Rich Valdez, America at night dot com. And you can check out all the interviews we've done. Like a couple of months ago, we had Donald Trump on. You can check them all out. They're all there available anytime. You can even subscribe to the podcast. If you don't like podcasts, just play them right from the website. Rich Valdez, America at night.com. Anyway, forgive me for making well, that commercial Chris, during your time. I plan on doing that tonight. 
So uh, that's Thank what I'm going to do uh, once I get off the phone. But uh, anyway, uh, I heard you. The reason why I called is because uh, shortly after I uh, tuned in, I heard you make a comment about uh, with a caller uh, about uh, someone said that, you know, they were terrified about uh, the cheating that uh, was probably yes. going to take place or that they foresaw uh, coming. And you made the comment, well, you just, uh, uh, from your point of view, you did not foresee uh, them doing I it. I said, we can't live in fear. Right. Yes. You can't, you can't live that way. And that you just also really just couldn't, you can't think, imagine. Yeah, and here's why. You're, and you're right. Think. And here's why. You know why? Because Governor Ron DeSantis is an incredible thorn in the side of Democrats. And if they could have done anything to pull a fast one, they would have made sure he didn't win. Um, Kevin McCarthy, right? People may call him a rhino, but trust me, he's given them a hard way to go. They could have found somebody better, like keeping a Democrat majority if they could have done it, but they didn't. Right. So you got a bunch of very, very conservative members that were elected to the House, giving us a slim majority, but a majority nonetheless. So I believe if that doesn't give you hope that you can win elections, Republicans, conservative Republicans like Ron DeSantis can win elections um, then, then I, I, what else can give you hope? Right, Julie? Or am I wrong here? I do not. I think you're wrong. I really do. Because I, I just do. Because first of all, first and foremost, well, first of all, I believe, and it's not just a hunch. I think there's plenty of evidence out there to show. And I don't think you would have to go digging very deep. Um, we only have like 30 seconds. It that cheating has been going on. I'm talking hardcore for. Oh, I agree. I think, I think the cheating is prevalent and it's in a lot of places, but I still don't think it's going to determine the outcome of every single election forever. Otherwise Trump wouldn't even be running. Trump would be like, Oh, they're just going to cheat again. Why should I run? Anyway, Julie, love the conversation. Thank you for the call. I hope you listen to the show more often. Arlington, Texas, KLIF, Take care. Good night. God bless. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, we'll do it again tomorrow. I'm Rich Valdez. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 